Hey there, welcome back to Rolling for Change. This is episode 14, and this is our second part of our PAX Unplugged uh, set of podcasts. And the cool thing about this is that for the first time ever, Hostway, Brian, and myself were all in the same room to record a podcast. So this podcast is happening on the first night of PAX Unplugged, and we all got together uh, back at my Airbnb, and uh, we talked about Smack Talk, and we talked about metagaming, and we talked about Twilight Imperium, of all things. So uh, this should be a great episode for you. Uh, we really had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, it's I had said that there's five podcasts related to uh, PAX Unplugged, but... An, Actually, I think there's only four podcasts related to PAX Unplugged. Nevertheless, this is the second in that series, and I'm excited to present it to you because even listening to it over the editing time, I was still really enjoying the conversation we had. So uh, sit back and relax and uh, keep on rolling for change. Here we go. for change my name is woody harris and i am your host i am joined by my co-hosts Josue cardona hello hello and mr brian peace hola i don't know when i started calling people mr in the show i don't know if you caught the last show but i called you mr Josue several times <laughs> which is funny because you're older than both of us yeah well everybody's mr to me it's just i, I do it with my, i do it with kids i work with i'm just glad you're saying it to my face for the first time ever. Mr. Hosway. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, this is actually officially the first time all three of us have been in the same room at the same time. Yeah. It's true. It's kind of surreal and awesome. Um, and the reason we are re together in a room at the same time is because we are at PAX Unplugged, which is the inaugural, inaugural, inaugural convention for Unplugged for PAX. Obviously, there's PAX everything, but this is the first time PAX has done its own board game convention and role-playing game convention, tabletop convention. I call it the analog version of, of, of PAX. And if there you're wondering go. what PAX is, it's Penny Arcade Expo, which was started by the guys who do Penny Arcade, the webcomic. And the PAX game fairs that go on are primarily a combination of video and analog games, etc. And they decided this year they wanted to do one strictly about board and role-playing and card games and such, and leave the video aspect of it out, Yeah, and which it, we I, totally appreciated. I think yeah. the, the biggest difference uh, is like the show floor, right? The show floor for the video game one, everything is dark, so you can see mm -hmm. the, the screens, and it is, it is loud. <laughs> there are bright lights, and uh, yeah, it's very, very different. Here, it's very bright, because you, you need to see that table. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and, true. And... Um, yeah, but I really like this so far. I mean, we're, we're on day one of PAX Unplugged, but I'm mm -hmm. a fan so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah for those who have gone to Gen Con, it's like Gen Con, but you can breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it's as big as, I mean, I, I, don't think the, I don't think the number of people here is as big as, but I think the, the, venue? the building, the yeah. venue, I think, is probably as big as Gen Con. When Woody talks about being able to breathe, he's not talking about body funk. He's talking about having enough space to walk around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of all of that. I mean. Oh yeah. There's less so body funk too. Body so. funk. Body funk is part of it because when you when you pack 
thousands of people together in a, in a, even in a large space, if it's still crammed, if you're still kind of trying to weave between people, there, there's going to be friction. There's going to be heat. There's, uh, yeah. Allow me to elucidate then. He's talking about not exclusively body funk. There we go. There we um, go. I used my words. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just nice to feel like, okay, I can handle this. I can go around and talk to people. And I'm really excited that I got to go around and talk to a lot of game designers and we'll have some audio for them uh, later on in this podcast or another podcast just so you guys can get a feel for what it's like to be at PAX Unplugged. So I don't really want to talk about those games I played because I want them to connect to the audio. So we're just going to kind of talk. There's a conversation I've been wanting to have about Smack Talk. And maybe we should define that a little bit before we get too deep into it. So in this, the way this came out is I was listening to a podcast from NPR, and they have the Hidden Brain podcast. You guys, uh, Shankar Vedantam, is that his name? He does the Hidden Brain so. podcast. He also does little excerpts for some regular NPR shows. And... He came on and he was talking about the research that, that has been done on smack talk, whether it's in sports or whatever. He wasn't really talking about board games. I just kind of connected it because I am I was starting to think about, well, what does smack talk do in board games? How does lying and deceit and meanness play a part in our role, in our role-playing experience and in our board gaming experience? And he said, despite the fact that we would think that smack talk usually would slow other people down or cause them to bog down or not have success in their game, it actually in turn creates more competition and that competition becomes a little more fierce and as a result, there's more positive play. So you're, you're saying that instead of, like if, if you smack talked at me, instead of like discouraging me, it would make me play harder or like get more into the game? Yeah, it would be like, you would recognize that you're being talked about in a negative way and you'd want to prove yourself up to the task of being able to do that. Like fire me up then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In sports, that's especially true. You're trying to, it, in some cases, smack talk, um, if you're doing it with your teammates, is, is done to get them riled up and get them, get their energy flowing and make them more aggressive. With the opponent... They're trying to make you so aggressive and so angry that you're going to be stupid and make a mistake. Or to undermine your confidence, or in, undermine your confidence. in your abilities, which that, can happen in board games pretty easily, I think. But it's not the goal of it in board games unless you're a complete jerk. <laughs> that, those people exist. I actually saw that once at a convention. There was a, um, a card game tournament going on, and in between rounds, one of the guys... He, while he was waiting for the next qualifier to, to come along, he'd already won his game, was sitting down with us to play a game, and um, he's on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, and one of the guys who he knew he was going to be competing against him next came over and started smack-talking him a little bit, which I thought was unfair because he knew he was on the spectrum and he didn't know how to process that level of smack-talk which he knew ahead of time, and he did it on purpose to throw him off his game. Some psychological warfare. Psychological on, warfare yeah. against someone who was especially susceptible to susceptible it. Susceptible to it. Yeah. Which is mm -hmm. why I don't like that guy. 
Uh, fair enough. <laughs> so I've experienced smack talk at the table quite a lot, and I've, it, it's done both for me. It's given me the edge of saying, okay, how dare you say that to me? I'm going to prove you wrong. I can do this. And it's also at times, if you let your... If you let your personality get involved, if you let your ego get involved, it can disparage and cause a slowdown. And actually, the research shows both. So what Shankar Vedantam found was that, yes, smack talk increases uh, positive play in gaming. But other research has said smack talk, down talk, whatever you want to call it, being disparaging towards the other players causes um, decrease in ability in game and causes people to lose their they're high functioning or whatever. They get caught in the ego game, basically. No, like, I, I'm curious if you guys agree with that or not. Well, there's a third type of smack talk, too, that goes on in our groups a lot, sure. which is two people, especially typically two people, smack talking each other in a purely playful manner. Yes. Which, yeah. And um, let me tell our listeners, if you don't know someone very well, your playful smack talk could be taken the wrong way. Wait Even if it's with somebody that's at the table that's not that person. Yeah. Because they're, they're in this position of like, what are you guys doing? That's not, that's not how this game works. That's not how we're supposed to act. Oh, people have seen me and my wife sniping at each other and thought we were, we were about to kill each other and thought <laughs> okay, that our Brian. relationship was in trouble and that our friends had to explain to them. Let, let's be clear. When I first met you and, and Ginger, I, I was thinking, man, I don't know about these guys. I don't know if they're going to last. <laughs> now people know, people who know us, like Woody now knows, if we're not smack talking each other, there's actually probably something wrong between us. Yeah. Was that in the Hidden Brain episode? Was that was that covered? <laughs> <laughs> Brian specifically was. It, it's all over the place, right? Yeah, I'm one of the I'm one of the um, hidden stars of Hidden Brain. That's what it is, right? <laughs> so, is that in my experience? I, I it does it does both to me. It, it has offended me to play with somebody who was smack talking when it's. So what you're talking about, Brian, is more of uh, banter banter and it's more like this is a safe place where we can have this discussion because i know you you know me we know we don't mean anything by it and therefore it's going to be okay we're going right. to be able to this is a lot of fun we can we can say really negative nasty things about each other and then walk away from the table and and talk and have fun later without having any reason whatsoever to be worried about our relationship because we know that this is kind of what we do man and, i don't i I don't know, because sometimes like the closer someone is to you, the more hurtful it can be if they say something. Okay. So if if I, I don't know, like if I'm if I'm playing a game and I made a move that maybe wasn't the smartest move, and I think depending on who tells me and how that that was like n not a good move, right? Mm -hmm. In a in a way that's like, I don't know, is that, is that smack talk? Like just like saying like, well, that. that that wasn't, I don't know, like like attacking me in that way. Would that is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that, that's that's one that's one thing. Um, I had some guys when we were playing uh, terraforming Mars tell me that some moves that I was making were boneheaded moves, hmm. and yeah. I was like, I I don't know you from Adam. Why don't you shut your pie hole? <laughs> yeah, um, and just let me play my game. The, the thing is, you got to with you, you were what you were saying. Yeah, with, with someone who's really close to you, you can get, it can get really hurtful. But that's if, if you know them really well, you know which buttons to press and which ones not to. 
There are some things I can say to my wife and that she can say to me that we know we're kidding. And there are some things, if my wife were to say, wow, that was a stupid move, I would be hurt because she knows that stupid is a trigger word for me. And I don't like that word because my father called me stupid all the time. And she would never say that to me. But she knows if she really gets mad at me, she can say that. She and can it say will that trigger and it would you hurt up, me. and it would hurt. And then we'd have a talk on the way back home about what the heck was that about? So if someone else said that you were stupid, would that? Yes, it, it would, would bother, bother you. It would bother me. Um, there's only one person who's ever been able to get away with calling me stupid, and that was um, at a job I used to work at. It was um, an African American lady, and she go, "Oh, you so stupid." And at first, I was like, who do you think? You... And then I realized she meant I'm being silly. Yeah, That's just yeah, her yeah. nomenclature for being silly. And I just let it roll off because I knew she didn't literally mean that I was stupid. She meant I'm silly. I'm goofy. Yeah. So I, she was the only person I've ever known in my life who's ever been able to get away with calling me stupid because I knew what she meant by it. And again, that goes back to how well do you know someone and what their intentions are in doing or saying something. It's a little bit definitional, yeah. because the thing I'm thinking, Josue, when when you talk about when you ask the question, is it may have to do with the difference in whether or not someone is attacking you as a person versus attacking you as a gamer. I think there's a yeah. distinction there, which maybe Brian and I crossed at some point, but there there's a <laughs> oh my, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But you know, if I just say, "Man, Josue, that you're just you're just stupid. That's a terrible move." then that's not the same as the kind of smack talk I'm talking about where it's like, oh, you think you're going to come over and take my resources. I'm going to show you. I'm going to take all, uh, you know. It, it's, that's, a, that's a good point. Like, that sounds like smack talk. What yeah. I, yeah, yeah, like, like good move. Yeah. It, it's almost like it's the opposite of saying something good about somebody else. And so, as a result, we know that the opposite is being in place. So, it's like, oh, I must be doing really well because I've, I've made you call me several cuss words now. <laughs> We're good. There's a um yeah there there's a group of females who play with us who are called the Dammit Sisters <laughs> because if they sit in a game with someone they're constantly being you know, having the words Dammit Ginger <laughs> Dammit Cassandra etc thrown at them because they make these moves that completely screw other people up and they have been termed among our group as the Dammit Sisters because. If there's more than one of them in a game, you're, you're, you're just sitting there watching them play their game and try to beat each other. You're not going to win because the Dammit Sisters are playing. <laughs> so when Lords of Waterdeep came out as an app on iOS, yeah. the most common phrase in the house was Dammit Ginger. Yeah, that's when the Dammit <laughs> Sisters thing started. It, was, it started off with... We love you, Ginger. It started off with Ginger and Lords of Waterdeep. I remember that now. And then it, it, it just spread to the other ladies in the group. Hmm. And it's not because they're women. Let me explain something. The ladies in our group are the sharks. <laughs> they, I, I swear, Susie, Ginger, Cassandra, I can keep naming all the women in the, in the group. It's yeah. typically the women who are the most competitive who will eat your soul in a board game. <laughs> and... If there's more than one of them in a game, we, we just sit back and watch. We love you guys very much. Don't pay attention to him. We do love you guys very much, which is why we <laughs> continuously play games with you. Exactly. If, if any of them say in a game, like, I'm going to eat your soul, that's some good smack talk. That's yes. good. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. not offensive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. But if they that say, you know, 
that's the, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen you do. Then we're attacking person. So I, I think it's fair game to attack somehow. I don't even know how to define the difference, though. It's just attack the person versus attack the gamer. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but like even attacking your play can still... I think it's different Like when you, when you gave examples of smack talk. Kind of like, oh, you're going to get it now. Like, oh, you guys yeah. have no idea what's coming. Like, oh, you're going to regret that in a few turns. You know, like that kind of thing feels like smack talk. I think, I don't know, maybe it's different for different people. Because I feel like attacking and, and what we're calling smack talk may be two different things. Probably. Because, you know, I, I don't want to use the word stupid. You don't like that word. I can't use the words I use for you in games. Because uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to be appropriate for the moment. Yeah, damn it is about as far as we're going to go. Yeah, to, but that isn't meant to be hurtful. So it, maybe, it's, maybe it's the intention behind it. You can have the intention of hurting somebody, or you can have the intention of bringing the competition. Man, I think, I think it's like a, a fine line. Yeah, and there are some people who don't know where, where the line exists between insult and smack talk. Yeah. Right. So I think from your position, Josue, you play a lot of video games. I don't play as much video games. You play a lot of online video games where you're able to talk over uh, a headset or something. Well, I mean, this is a good is point. Is there smack talk there? This is a good point. I, I don't play with a headset unless I'm playing with people I know. Okay. Because there's so much negativity in video games online, and it's, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable. Like, it makes me, this whole conversation is actually, I'm, I'm noticing is making me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Like, when I'm trying to picture uh, this idea of smack talk. Like, there's a big difference between being attacked and being, or hearing something that's offensive. And, yeah, just like smack talk. I don't know. I can't imagine that when I taught you Terra Mystica that I didn't do some smack talk towards you, even though I was teaching you the game. To be fair, that was like a learning experience. I was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like going to school. <laughs> I don't remember if there was any smack talk involved. I remember, uh, I remember being very angry when we got to a point where <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you know that that one rule you didn't tell me about that whole other thing I could have been doing for a while." But that's not smack talk. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, the really negative stuff with online gaming is, oh my god, I used to play World of Warcraft, and God help you if you were a new person to the game and you went on general chat to ask a question, you might get one or two positive responses of really helpful responses weighed in with about 20 or 30 stupid noob responses. Yeah, in MOBAs, that's a big complaint. That in, that because they're so... It takes you so many hours to, to get good, right? You're, you're mm -hmm. playing, and yeah, you start asking questions, and then you just get being you just attacked for being a noob. But I don't think that's smack talk, right? Like smack no, talk that's would not be smack talk. yeah, smack talk is like that's when somebody's coming nature. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just in, insults, you know, and yeah. and being offensive. But again, some yeah. people think that think of that as smack talk, hmm. and they don't know where to draw that line between yeah. actually insulting someone because I've I've seen it. Um, coaches do this a lot. Um, I've had coaches in a classroom whenever I was in high school who would insult you with the express purpose of trying to get you to do better right. because that's how they do. But people who are high testosterone um, athletes, they respond to that kind of insult and smack talk with 
and I'm going to prove you wrong and be better mentality. Whereas your average high school student is going to respond with, well, screw you. Who do you think you are? Right. And they don't respond like an athlete does. And coaches sometimes have a complete inability to understand that kind of insult is not viewed as smack talk by the average person. That almost seems like that's a cultural thing because that's like yeah. their culture. That's sports culture for the most part because I'm, I'm not an athlete of any sort and I, I can remember that smack talk coming at me as, as a student to a co- from a coach and just feeling like really beat down by it and not having any idea that the coach didn't want me to feel that way. Yeah. So yeah. It's, there's something socialized about it, I think. Yeah. So maybe it's something where we need to take some time and really investigate people's smack talk at the table. But, you know, I don't normally think about it. Yeah. Except I, I will tell you about this incident between Brian and I. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so Brian and I haven't really talked about this incident except for me to say to him that I was, I was disturbed by it. We've talked online about it, but we haven't talked face-to-face about it. We had a pretty immediate talk about it because it, it actually caused me to be... You know, the, the feeling you're having and talking about smack talk, mm-hmm. it caused me to feel a little sick to my stomach, actually. Hmm. Um, and what he says between me and him, it, it, it was on me. Maybe. Maybe. It may <laughs> have been that I was... So, okay. We'll let the listeners decide. Have you... <laughs> you may not have played... Have you played Twilight Imperium? No. Okay. So this is a 4X game. It's uh, exploration, expansion, um, exploitation, extermination. The whole idea is you're, you're moving out into some area and you are slowly taking over people's stuff and using it for yourself, that kind of thing. So Twilight Imperium is the granddaddy of all games in, the, in terms of this because you can play for eight to ten hours at a time. It might as well be, you know, it's as long as a good role-playing role game for a day. Um, and you have specific goals that you have to make that are secret goals that you're working on in order to achieve your aims and make points. And some people have goals like take over another person's home planet. Some people have goals like make sure you're connected to a few people's home planets. All these different kind of expectations. Um, So the game is, there's a lot of diplomacy that goes on in the game. And uh, trading back and forth, sharing information, working with the other people to try, you're almost like trying to bargain your way to first place by making some good deals, but never letting those deals go too badly in your, you know, they're not going to go too badly against you. Yeah. So in this particular instance, I had made a uh, an agreement with Brian's race that I was going to let him come on through this wormhole and I wasn't going to touch him. I and I promised I would leave as soon as I got what I wanted. He did. And it was not to attack his home planet. I was leaving his home planet completely alone. And I kept true to my promise. But I think the promise had some misunderstanding on my part because there was kind of some fine print to it. It's like, I'm not just coming through there. I'm actually going to this other place that you've been meaning to go. And it wasn't, it wasn't specifically stated. I said, I just need you to go through. You understood that I understood that, but it wasn't specifically stated. All right, to be fair, I said, I need to go through this space to some other place. And he thought I was going to empty space for reasons I don't understand. When there was obviously a planet right there, why would I go to empty space? But, you know, hey. I couldn't even in my mind comprehend that you were going to go to that. It it didn't even occur to me that you were going to go and take that planet. It just didn't happen. 
So there are still raw feelings on this, obviously. <laughs> so here's what happened. Um, when I realized that Brian wanted to take this planet, and I knew that planet was what I needed for my point, and I had been working towards that planet for the last three or four rounds, basically, um, I began to get worried. And then the guy next to me decided he was going to come over and take the planet. And I was like, oh, no, no, you are not taking that. And that's when I learned that Brian was trying to get there. And he was going to back off and let me have that planet. And Woody said he was not going to back off and let me have that planet. So I backed off and said, take it. And the other guy took it. Okay, so he <laughs> Brian was Brian was in good faith trying to make a deal with this guy to make sure that he didn't take the planet. Which, in retrospect, I should have realized that. I should have held it together and played through and been a good player. But there was this moment in my mind that was completely foreign to me. <laughs> Something I've never done before and something I've said that games allow us to do. They allow us to practice things that we wouldn't be able to practice otherwise. And that something was a total betrayal. Because you're not doing what I want you to do. Screw you. I'm done. And I started attacking Brian. He took the one planet that he'd promised to leave me with <laughs> for a turn so I could escape back out. And he took that planet along with saying he was going to take the first planet in question. And it blew my mind because that's out of character for Woody. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you can have the planet. And I let the, let the other guy have the planet. And I figured I'm just going to back off. I'll go for a different win condition. Because I, I, I was just trying to get four planets of a specific type. And if this guy took that planet, I only, only have three. And there's the only other one was way too far off for me to bother getting to. So I figured, all right, scrap that idea. I'm going to go with something else. And then Woody comes in <laughs> and destroys a sizable portion of my forces that I had. You didn't have that many forces on that planet. No, I didn't. But I had forces. It I was an easy kill. Yes, but <laughs> I also had forces that I couldn't get to escape because you were blocking them. If you recall, I was pulling forces back and now they're stuck. And so I am across the table. I, I am letting Woody know in no uncertain terms that it is on now. If he wants, if, he, if that's the game he wants to play, we're going to play. That's Mac talk. That's, <laughs> that's Mac talk. That's absolutely <laughs> Smack talk. And, I went a little overboard with it. I kept on him and kept saying, okay. And I built up my forces and I went in and laid waste to everything he'd taken in that area. I, I built up my forces specifically to take his out and everyone else sat back and just giggled their heads off and let me fly through and kill him. They didn't even stand in the way. They said, this is going to be the funniest thing ever. And I was having fun with it. I didn't care one way or the other. In the game, I was having fun with it. Yeah, I didn't care one way or the other personally. I was just having fun with, holy crap, Woody just stabbed me in the back. And now I am honor bound to go and destroy every hope and dream he's ever had for this game. And we were having fun with it. And after the game was over, we were laughing about it and joking about it. 
and then I took it outside the game Uh-oh. and told everyone, you won't believe what Woody did. Uh-oh. Oh, my God, you won't believe what Woody did. Because it was just, it was so epic. You know how it, in games you have to tell stories about the most epic things that happen in games. And so suddenly, at this convention, everybody <laughs> we know keeps walking up to Woody and saying, wow, you really are a jerk deep down, aren't you? <laughs> that was horrible what you did to Brian. And people that don't know me at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. And again, everyone was joking about it. They weren't seriously calling him a jerk. They were just saying, wow. No, it. <laughs> the people who I, that didn't wasn't know the him. way I experienced it with some people. With some people, right. With some people who I don't really have a regular relationship with, that is not how I experienced it. And um, those people just overheard, overheard me telling yes, my friends. Yes, overheard you and then say, well, you were a jerk. So it went from being, this is funny, to this is really a reflection of your character. Now, I would like to... Who's the most outspoken about reflection of character in gaming? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, I, now, I'd like to throw in, I had no idea that anyone other than our friends was picking on him. I had no idea about any of this. All I knew was a couple of our friends went up, and this is literally the first time I've ever heard that people who didn't know him were taking it seriously. I didn't know that. I thought maybe Ginger and some of the others were going over and picking at him. Oh, no. I just want to clarify that these are grown adults. These are grown adults. (laughs) That's debatable with some of them. That's really debatable with some of them. So that moment in the game, it was epic. It was foreign to me it was something that i just didn't even contemplate until it was right there in front of me and there was this voice in my head saying this is the right thing to do and so if it were my wife i would have totally expected it but it was woody which threw me for a complete loop and i would have responded to my wife in the exact same way and the way you responded (laughs) in the game was perfect so we get into the concept now of what metagaming is And it's something I've thought about a lot with Twilight Imperium because Twilight Imperium is the kind of game where the choices you make in that game, whether it should be this way or not, are like, if you play the same game with the same people later on, they're likely to carry forward. Like, now that I've done this, that particular table of people would not trust me again if I made a a pact with someone. I wouldn't trust me. Yeah, There'd be uh, no reason. The metagame, I mean, that's that's a good point because I'm thinking about something like, I play Diplomacy. And oh God, help you! Yeah, I know, I know, right? That's like you're lying left and right, and you're making deals, and you're making deals upon deals, and you're lying, and you're spying, and you're doing all this stuff. And like, I, I, I was thinking, like, I, I couldn't do it. It was just I felt too uncomfortable. But I was thinking, I think I probably felt uncomfortable because I knew these people, and okay. I didn't want to betray my friends, lie to my girlfriend. <laughs> create an alliance with this other person, with other friend, like doing things like that is completely different than doing that with strangers. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that example you just gave, right? Like if you replay that game with the same people, now there's this expectation. Now there's this understanding that, or like one of these grown adults that was picking on you right now, they're like, Oh, this yeah. guy's a jerk. Can't believe anything he's saying. You're like, I'm yeah, an ally and, with and him. And now there's sort everyone. of like an undercurrent of people that I don't really know actually thinking that I'm a jerk. And so that was where it just got, that was when it just hit me in the heart. I'm like, oh my God, am I a jerk? I actually went through this discussion with myself. You know, did I, 
did I really just do something wrong? Does that really reflect some part of me because I wanted to practice it? Um, it doesn't. I, it was the, the most cathartic moment I've had in a game in a long time. And at the same time, it was such a turning point that it, it, the ripples, even now I feel emotion about it. That's crazy, right? That's and, crazy. And again, it goes back into the, our friends and I were smack-talking Woody. Right. Woody was smack-talking me. And then some people started insulting, turning it from smack-talking to insulting. Yes. So, so, I mean... In my mind, anyway. Yeah. So it's like uh, if you're, you're at a sports game, for example, and there's two teams, mm-hmm. and you're... I think it counts as smack-talk when you're talking to fans from the other team and telling them about how, you know, like, you're going down or whatever, mm-hmm. like... Wait till this happens, blah, 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 right? Your like, quarterback is so weak that I'm going to make yeah. mixed meat of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's like, terrible. There's still something in the game. Yeah, we're, ho- we're obviously horrible <laughs> at Smack Talk. Um, but, Speak but like, for what, yourself. what these people. No, no, yeah, no, yeah true. Uh, <laughs> Brian knows what he's doing. And I just can't say some of the things I would normally say, so go ahead. <laughs> but what these people did, like, I don't consider that Smack Talking. Those are. No, it became hurtful. Yeah. So it started yeah. as smack talk. But at like the they're table. not even in the game. Like the game is over. It's not smack that's talk if the, the game thing is over. Right there. That's yeah. the thing. And that's that was what made me most angry about it, is the game is over. And yet this is pervasive. This is not within the realm. So the there's suspension of disbelief. We're in the game. We're living the, the life of the characters. I, I even wanted to go back and look and see if my particular characters were ruthless like that. I never did. But I was wondering if I was really channeling some kind of character piece that was in the game. But once it stepped beyond the table, it started to be like, no, no, this is no longer okay. This is no longer feeling good. Huh. You know, even, even when the, it, the, the friendly nudging started to be a little bit, but that was maybe because I was hearing it from people that I didn't have any relationship with. So it, huh. I still love Twilight Imperium like more than ever now because of this situation. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, okay. So Maybe even he still loves me too. Who knows? <laughs> I still love Brian no matter what. <laughs> I see you guys seeing, looking at each other lovingly. So I... <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh, man. It was so disturbing to me that I, I didn't sleep very well that night. But you did... Okay, and then so the you... next morning, I texted him and I said, I got to talk about this. Okay. But then in this whole situation, including this, and not being able to sleep at night, this whole thing makes you love that game even more? Yeah. That's messed up, right? Well, and I mean, it proves the point of, <laughs> of what we started talking about. Well, wow. But, but why? The, the thing is, the game was not the hurtful part. No. It was not even my banter. It was the people. It was people outside the game who weren't even playing it who overheard the conversation, and in retrospect, most of the bad feelings can be put on the people who reacted improperly. Yeah. And so he can take, in retrospect, with some, with some afterthought, take me and the game out of the equation and say, it's these people who responded improperly. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But since Brian was the one I knew best... He became the, the catalyst and the mirror for all of that. And so it, where's the source of this? The source of this is Brian. But, but I, I don't understand why you want to play the game more or why you like okay. the game more. Because I've never had a game in which either I felt I had that opportunity 
or I went through with that opportunity to just be the worst possible person I could be. Now, I, I think the character's mind, I was vindicated. Because, you know, if you look at any of our space operas that we watch, there's always, you look at people and they're making ridiculous political decisions based on their own gut feelings in the moment. This was one of those epic moments. Like, this was a, a Battle of the Shadows moment, or this was a Jim Hadar moment. It was whatever kind of <laughs> moment you can think of, because everything just suddenly turned around. And it was because that, when I thought of that, I didn't even really have much time to process the thought when I did it. I just did it. And then the consequences were after that. And I sat there reeling from my own choices because I'm like, did I just do that? Incidentally, because of what he did, we ended up with a um, <clears throat> four-way tie out of five players. <laughs> Guess who was not one of the winners? And it wasn't yeah. me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Woody's betrayal came back to haunt him. Oh, no, him. it was terrible. I was, not, I was not prepared to be such a cutthroat person. It was like <laughs> I had been given something really powerful, and I misused it in the worst possible way. But the reason that it was so empowering for me is because it let me play a role that I've never played before. Okay, so because yeah. so you're describing essentially role playing in a in a, a in little a game, bit, yeah, right? yeah, because because you or could do just that. channeling a part of myself that I don't show. It was shadow work. So so, do you think that's what smack talk is? Because when I'm when I'm talking smack, I'm not like it is almost a persona, right? It is it is almost yeah. It's a different version of me. It's not me telling you something. It's this. It's a smack talking version of me. Right. I'm saying things that I wouldn't normally say, and I'm saying it in a way that maybe I normally wouldn't say it. At least in my case. Right. I don't know. Or if we're close, we might be talking. It it may have to do with the sense of relationship that you have in the game. Yeah, but but I mean, I'm like I'm trying I'm trying to really get into the this idea of, and, and trying to understand if it is, if they're connected. Like th this feeling of you playing this different role and then wanting to play the game more because of that. And if, if that's, are we really just like role playing when we're smack talking? Yeah, in a sense. I mean, especially that's... with me and my wife, I say things to her in a game I would never say in real life. Yeah. Because it's all in fun. It's all smack talk. It's but all is it, just... it, does it, does it get you guys fired up? Yeah. Like so, it does. So it's like... Everybody knows that if they can get me and Ginger sniping at each other, <laughs> there's a chance neither one of us are going to win the game. And we can <laughs> scoot right past them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this second version of me, or, or like my best game mm -hmm. is more possible when an alternate version of you comes out and says things to me and then it it can make me want like want to play harder or or yeah it's, it's got to be role play we're throwing ourselves into the I characters guess, yeah. that we're playing yeah or like the the smack talking character whoever that is yeah because like, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily even have to be what you're role playing in the game no not necessarily it's, it's an yeah. adversarial it's a friendly adversarial spot to be in yeah it yeah. seems hmm. Because I'm thinking about like heavy euros and and smack talking there. You're not really role playing at that point, except I guess you're role playing the of the, you know, the Baron that wants to get the the goods or whatever. But well, like you said, you were role playing the worst part of yourself. I was a bad part of yourself, but but unexpectedly so. A jerk is the worst part of yourself. That's it. That's how that's how bad you get. <laughs> that, that's the worst I get. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 
thousands of aliens were lost in that battle. Yep. He was yeah. a murderous little... <clears throat> <laughs> I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I was proud of you too, Woody. Oh. So th- Shocked, this is processing here, guys. This yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, again, I keep going back to the role-playing thing because what you're describing is it just felt so good to play the game in a way that I would have naturally never done it before. Yeah. Like there was a moment where I, I turned, you know, and I, I became something else, right? And, yeah. and, and, and that felt good, and I want to go back and I want to do that again. But in, in terms of the smack-talking conversation, like that's quite a story, all the stuff that happened and everything, <laughs> right? But if, if, at, if at the end of the day, all of that aggression towards you made you want to like I, I don't understand if that if that's what it was that made you want to play the game more if it if it really it's not know. the smack talk yeah so the smack talk is a side part of that story i guess yeah. it it, it yeah. plays into that story the positive smack talk the positive end of it yeah that plays into the story but it you know when the smack talk goes beyond the table and it becomes metagaming you know like i that's a really that's a really weird connection for me to make because basically I've said all along board games reflect us. Yeah. Now I'm saying if it reflects a part of you, then it should be something that, that plays into your life outside of the board game. But I'm also at the same time saying don't metagame. <laughs> I'm a walking contradiction. I mean, you can play any game um, and play a different role, right? Say, yeah. this one I'm going to play it safe. This one I'm going to play more aggressive. This one I'm going to play sloppy. This one yeah. I'm going to take more risks. I'm going to take less risks. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know of any other game. This is what it comes down to for Twilight Imperium, so not really making the case for Smack Talk, just making the case for Twilight. I don't know of any other game where such a linchpin moment could happen. Hmm. Not really. I mean, in a role-playing game, you're kind of already aligned with your character alignment, so there's not really a lot of surprise that's going to go on between you and your party. A lot of DMs won't play with someone who's chaotic evil with a group of lawful good, you know? Yeah, and if the rogue decides to pickpocket the rest of the party, they've broken a, they've broken a level of trust, and that actually makes the other people really angry. Whereas in Twilight Imperium... If you screw someone over for your own benefit, that's kind of part of the game. It is. The All game. I will say, i got to ask you a question. Going back a little bit, how many times have you played Diplomacy? So once in person and once online. Okay. The in-person game, how long did you play? I, I don't remember. Was I don't it remember. a day, two days? It was one day. One day? One day, yeah. Okay. I have played Diplomacy two times. For a total of 30 minutes. Okay. I was Germany, and everyone <laughs> destroyed me within the first 15 minutes, both games. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I tried to make a deal with everyone, and every <laughs> single person turned on me at the same time, and they were shocked that they all turned on me. <laughs> See, but like I, I haven't played um, Twilight Emporium, but it sounds like like diplomacy is the kind of game where this kind of scenario could happen too. Yeah, because I could be your ally for five turns, and then mm-hmm. the sixth turn, I'm like, nope, it's me and Brian now. And seventh turn, we'll turn on each other, and then you know, but there's something of, like it is a part of the game. You start to get into backstabbing as strategy, and it's a really weird concept for me. 
Yeah, I don't. I, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't. It, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I think that's why I like it because if a game has the ability to make me feel uncomfortable, it's doing something. There is, there is something at the heart of that that's making me feel that way. There is something about diplomacy that makes <laughs> that kind of betrayal way more. I know what it is. In diplomacy, there are no victory conditions. The only victory condition is take over the world, period. Mm -hmm. And whenever you make a conscious decision to backstab someone, it's really easy to take it personally. In Twilight Imperium, there are game-winning goals that are out, and there are more public ones that come out as the game goes forward, and you also have a secret objective and you can get more secret objectives as you go forward so everyone at the table understands in this what, what um was at one point called the magic circle that you're sitting in where it's understood that this is these are the rules of the game that you have objectives you have to meet and sometimes you have to break a break a deal or do something really jerk worthy in order to achieve your goals but everybody knows that you have objectives and goals other than just take over the world. And in fact, the more you militarily, the more militarily aggressive you are in Twilight Imperium, the more likely you're going to lose. It's true. If you attack just for the sake of attacking and being a jerk, which is par for the course in diplomacy, the more likely you are to lose. The only time you attack someone is if it helps you with an overarching goal. And then oftentimes you'll back off and not attack them anymore because you, you've achieved your goal. In diplomacy, the whole name of the game is who are you going to screw over next? And it's really easy to take that very personally. And the smack talk that goes on in that game can get very personal too. Yeah. Again, I think, I think if I played it with perfect strangers, it wouldn't feel nearly as bad. Yeah. It, it wouldn't feel personal at all. But I mean, like, even like we, we talked about, you mentioned tickets to ride before we started recording. Like if I see you're making a long chain and I just like get a little two, two train, two train in there and I block your long chain. Right. And I did it just like to spite you. Like it's happened to all of us. Right. You're like, oh, yeah. why you do that? <laughs> did you do that on purpose? Did you do it just because you had no other choice? And it, it, it feels personal if you know the person yeah. and you know that they like, you know what I was trying to do. You can see exactly what I was trying to do. Did you have to take both routes into Las Vegas? Exactly. Really? <laughs> right. <laughs> so they, they've talked about this a little bit on Dice Tower, and, and it's still a worthy conversation to have. You know, when you get to that point where you, you, you've seen for yourself, you're not going to possibly win this game. So you move to a state of, I am just going to work towards the detriment of everyone else. I want to see the world burn. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it... I don't think that's that's not smack talk so much though. That's just that's playing with. Oh, it can be smack talk. Like like whenever I found out that I'm not going to win this game because Woody made a move, <laughs> and it, that's when the smack talk started. Yes, that was when the smack talk. Oh, really? You're going to ensure I don't win this game? Okay, all right, fine, fine. I, th this is how this is how the smack talk went too, except with much nicer words than we actually used with each other. Oh, fine, fine. That's what you want to do, really, dude. You you want the you want that planet? It's yours. I'm backing off. Go ahead and take it. I'm I'm not even gonna go in there. It's yours. Enjoy. You're, you're going. He next started turn, making right? deals with other people against my best interest. No, for the love of God, please take it. No problem. 
<laughs> I will make a deal with you to give you things if you do take it at this point. And Woody was like, you're good. Dude, I needed that. Oh, so did I. Oh, that. Oh. Secretly, Look, I was just like tears. Oh, so giddy sad. throughout this entire process. <laughs> and so was I. I didn't. As I've said before, I don't. I'm not really competitive. I don't care really. I, I try to win games, but it's not my number one priority. My number one priority is the social aspect of the game as the framework for being social with my friends. And that smack talk part of it is really a large part of it, just improving how you're going to react to people and being a reaction junkie, which I am, and smack talking Woody to see what he does back, which was something totally unexpected, which was destroyed my other planet. <laughs> and then the smack talk started in earnest. <laughs> but it, it does teach me a little bit of a lesson. Which, uh, you know, we're getting away from Smack Talk, but the lesson it teaches me is... We've been far away from Smack Talk for absolutely, most of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, it taught me that if I am going to use a tactic like that, as wonderful and epic as that was, it was not a strategic move. It was an emotional mind move instead of a logical mind move. But it created a great story. Yes, and that was kind of like, that was the biggest part of it to me was like, we created a good story with this. So, uh, and then, so Smack Talk as a tool, right? If we're, if we're agreeing on the fact that it's, it encourages the other person to do better or be more involved in the game, it's almost like you, maybe you shouldn't Smack Talk because then oh, it can oh, make you... Oh, that's the vice versa. Right? Because I'm, I'm thinking about that because I'm... I'm I'm actually super competitive. Like I should just act like you are not a threat to me whatsoever. Well, I, I so don't know. that I don't in, induce your ire and thus your motivation for beating me. Because I think I take the bait. I think I'm, I'm pretty good at taking the bait. But I'm, I'm not much of a smack talker, I don't think. But I'm super competitive. Like just like if it's somebody's close, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I can do this. I can, I can. Like that encourages me to go forward. And I think that if someone smack, you know, once I, I am the recipient <laughs> of uh smack talk i think it does encourage me it does kind of motivate me to mm -hmm. to do more as long as it's not hurt, hurtful right because of the competitive aspect i don't know but i guess i guess maybe i won't smack talk anybody <laughs> as a as a as a strategy <laughs> to help me win i think in general most of our smack talk goes along the lines of of course, you know, this means war. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's so perfect. That Bugs Bunny moment. That's so perfect. <laughs> you know, I, I don't... I agree with the, all the articles. Like, okay, so it has the possibility of uh, drawing your game down. It has the possibility of bringing your game up. For me, the smack talk in the game is about the fun of the game, actually. It's not even... I. I can be losing terribly and I'll smack talk with Brian or whoever I'm playing with and it's it just feels like part of the game. It just feels natural to me. Whether it should feel natural or not, we can question that later. <laughs> but Or if I'm doing really well, I can do it also and it still feels like a normal part of the game. It may just be our social group. <laughs> Maybe everybody else is out, out there is like, we must play much nicer than these people. No, I've seen yeah. other game groups. Uh-uh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Well, I, I would love for the listeners to chime in and tell us yeah. about their, their stories of Smack Talk, what they think about Smack Talk, 
whether or not smack talk is helpful, not helpful. If they metagaming, <laughs> do you, does it do anything bad in your world? It seems like metagaming is always bad. You think so? I don't know. I mean, I think like metagames are just part of games. They're just like there's there's different metagames. So maybe I'm using games. this in a way that you don't realize I'm using it, or I, I, maybe I should define it. Yeah. So metagaming is you take whatever happened in that game. You either take it into the next game, whether the next game is the same game or a different oh, game, yeah, yeah, or you okay. take it into the world as a whole, like like someone coming up to me and saying, you were really a jerk, and, and making it clear that they are not saying this in jest. Or yeah. leaving, um, leaving Twilight Imperium and going to play Battlestar Galactica and saying, watch out for this guy. Because He'll he, stab you in the back. Yeah, because he, he stabbed, yeah, he's, he's always going to be dishonest He's obviously now. a Cylon because he's screwing around in the last game. You can't trust him anyway. Let's just put him in the break to start off with. It's almost like if I play the same way the next time I play, then I'm creating kind of an archetype of who Woody is in games. So now, in order to keep that from happening, I've got to play a different way so that I'm not going to be the... That's metagaming also, because I'm not even... Well, that's what I mean. You can't separate that from, from the game. It just... What happened before, what's happening now, you carry that. It, 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 it adds to it. There are consequences to actions, and they they yeah. stick in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said like I don't, I don't, I don't think the metagaming is good. I don't know how you avoid that. I think there's always. It's just that's oh. just part of games. That's that's something to sort of. Is that a, is that another is that another episode? Possibly. I don't know. It's a. That's that's a discussion. I think we need to have more of. No. No. Because. Because yeah, I mean, if I, anything, this has brought more questions to me than it has brought answers. And that's probably As a good usual thing. for us. Yeah, I, I want that. I, yeah. I want each discussion to lead us down the path, whatever the path is. Down yeah. the rabbit hole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure I, I say that at least once. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. No. This is Smack Talk within the podcast. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> of course, you know, this means war. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right jerk take us home <laughs> all right all right so basically if you've enjoyed this discussion if you have anything you want to add to the discussion please please contact us at gamers at rollingforchange.com my goal is always to create discussion and community around the topics that we are banding about and um hopefully it was enjoyable to hear us uh, cathart through an experience between brian and i um, cathart can't I say that cathart sounds um, smelly th um, it's 1am it's 1am it's been a long day for all of us it's 1am I hope that's become apparent yeah yes it is <laughs> and thus we get sillier this is PAX Unplugged um, okay so yeah please contact us and uh, we really appreciate your listening I Thanks for listening and keep on rolling for change. Why are you crying? Why does it sound like you're crying? Thanks for listening and keep on rolling for change. That's exactly what it sounded like before. <laughs> I've had emotion in my voice since I started this this talk about stuff. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. Just stop it. You've been listening to Rolling for Change, episode 14 from PAX Unplugged. 
Rolling for Change is a proud member of the Geek Therapy Network. For more great shows about geeky pursuits, check out geektherapy.com. Our theme music is provided by the wonderful and amazing Rocket Scientists. You can find more of their music at thetank.com. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to contact us, our email is gamers at rollingforchange.com. On Twitter, we are at Geek Therapy. Use the hashtag RFC. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to place your meeples and keep on rolling for change.